You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. We're looking at the evangelism culture. Praise God. And on the evangelism culture, we have gotten to where I want to bring out the man we're talking about, the message he has sent us to talk about, and the mandate he has given us. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus became the God-man. Praise the Lord. And if you don't know that, you can't share the message the way you must share it. The difference between Christianity and all other faith or religions is that God became man. He was 100% God, 100% man. Praise God. He is 100% and 100% praise God. Are you understanding me? And so anytime you are going to share the gospel, you must understand this. That your God became man. And in his manhood, your redemption came. Oh, hallelujah. That your redemption would never have been possible if God had not become man. Because man sinned. And man need to pay for his sin. But there is no blood that is purer in man because man is sinful. And man's sin is in man's blood. Therefore, we needed a man without sin. So the Holy Ghost had to impregnate a woman. Because the seed of a human being is in the man. So when a man impregnates another woman, he has pregnated them with the sinful nature. So the Holy Ghost had to do the impregnation. So that it will be pure. So that that blood will not have sin in it. Are you here with me? That's why we call it the incarnate birth. It's the birth that is pure. It's a consummation that has no sin in it. Oh, praise God. And that is why the product that must carry that container of a blessing has to be a virgin. Are you getting the point? Are you getting it? 
So the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And Mary got pregnant. God entered into man. So that man will give birth to God. All of this he did just to save you. Are you here with me? That's how much you are worth. Tell the next person, this is what I am worth. Tell them, stop priding yourself in the things that are not entirely worthy. Because your price is very high. God became a human being to pay the price. And that made your price the God price. And therefore, everything else is below your price. Stop worshipping money because your price is higher. Stop worshipping material stuff because your price is higher. You are their master. They are your slaves. They don't use you. You use them. You don't boast about them. They boast about you. <laughs> That's why I said, when Paul found Jesus, he said, everything else is like rubbish. You don't understand it because he now found his value. For some of you, your value is in your career. <laughs> so when we take your career away, we have taken your self-worth away. For some of you, your value is in your money. The moment we take your money away, you've lost your self-worth. Some of you, your pride, your everything, your value is in your beauty or your handsomeness. The moment we take it away, we take your self-worth. Your value is in your sonship. It's in how Christ reconciled you to God. Praise God. That you are a child of God is your strongest, is your trump card, is your best bet. And you know what? That one has no expiry date on it. <laughs> Whatever you are priding yourself in, you can have it today and lose it in the next second. The man, the message, the mandate. So let's look at the man. 
Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God testifies that Jesus came in the flesh. 1 John 4, 2 and 3. Let's read it. Go. By this, you know the Spirit of God. How do you know the Spirit of God? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, period. You see, when it comes to these things, there's no ambiguity about it. You see, these are the non-negotiables. Alright, so if it's, oh, they all serve God. It's not true. Oh, it's another way. No, it's not true. Oh, but they are called Jehovah Witnesses. So at least they are sharing the message of Jehovah. It is not true. Somebody told me how they became born again believers. He's now part of this church. And he's, he said, I, I was a Catholic. And everybody around me was Catholic until we went to church one day and then the Catholic priest said that oh all of us are worshiping God the Muslims and everybody all of us are worshiping God so he said, ah. so then if a Muslim is converted into Christianity then you are telling them to go back because we are all worshiping the same God are you sure well that is what the word says by this you know the spirit how do you know it? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Hello. Look at the next. How do we know Jesus came as a man? He humbled himself and came in the likeness of man. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Read it. Go. Let this. Oh, are you reading with me? Good. Go. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, not like a man. Are you getting the point? As a man, what did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This is truly humbling. Because listen to me very carefully. If you look at yourself, in yourself, you don't find any worthiness. But if this God 
in all your unworthiness can find you worthy to die for you. And then that makes you, shoots up your value and makes you worthy. It's humbling. Oh, praise God. Anytime, when I was reading scripture some time ago, I would wonder, why would David say, what is man? That you are so mindful of him until I got to understand the redemption message and the redemption process. I didn't understand that scripture. What is man? Because David did not experience it. But even in his whole small way, when he prophetically saw into the future God's plan for humanity, he wondered. All of them were waiting for the promise, Jesus the Christ. And thank God, he came in your dispensation. You are blessed. <laughs> you are blessed. When any prophet tells you you are cursed, tell them they don't know you. Praise the Lord. Today, I want you to see the man Jesus. Oh, praise God. And what the man Jesus did for you. When you know him, you can share him with your friend. You can share him with that pastor who doesn't even know. Do you know they are pastors? <laughs> I'll tell you something one of these days. The Apostle Paul refers to the man Jesus Christ. Look at what he said. 1 Timothy 2, 5-7. Let's all read it. Go. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Who is that man? The man Christ. What did he do? Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. Oh, hallelujah. There is only one God, one mediator between God and human beings. There's only one. It is not Buddha. It is not Confucius. It is not Mohammed. Jesus the Christ. Oh, praise God. He's Jesus the Christ. Do, do I need to explain this? When anybody pushes you to be in the middle, tell them you are one-sided. It is either Jesus 
or nobody. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know that most people evangelize without even mentioning, even, even mentioning the name of Jesus? You see, when you go, you are going to introduce the man, Jesus. So don't just go and talk about, oh, I was this. And I became that. That's not the gospel. The gospel is about the man, Jesus. Talk about Jesus. You were poor. And now, when I met Jesus, I become rich. So straight away, if the man is already rich, does he need your Jesus? <laughs> Are you getting the point? He said, oh, I used to do this, and I used to do that. The moment I met Jesus, I don't do them again. He said, oh, you are witnessing Jesus. It's not true. Because they are moralists. They don't know Jesus, but they don't do all of those things. Are you here with me? He said, I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Paul says, what I'm telling you is the truth. Jesus is the game changer. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's only one mediator. One. There's no other. There's no other. Hallelujah. Okay, because he was a man, he was tempted in all points. I mean, this is for you to know that he came as a man. Are you getting the point? Are you tempted? He was also tempted. He was also tempted. So let's go. Hebrews 4.15. He says, go. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yet! Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> so Jesus was a man just like you and I. The difference is that he was tempted at all points, but without sin. Hallelujah. But without, but without, but without, but without, hello. And that's why he's able to sympathize. Are you getting the point? With all your weakness. Amen. You see that anytime we talk about weaknesses, the reason why you talk much about yours is because what you are exposed to is only what you know. 
It's just like people who are pledging during their wedding day and they say for better, for worse. You see, in their exposure, the better and the worse is only what they have experienced as better and worse. But they don't know that there's some worse. <laughs> you see, so you see, when you see a preacher man always preaching about sin, about sin, you see, they only have an exposure of a certain kind of sin. Aha! For which they have been able to overcome. So, so he only speaks in his fear, which is very little. But what Christ did for you has more to do with the nature of sin rather than the act of sin. That is why he was tempted at all points. Yet, did not sin. Are you getting it now? Praise God. That's why we preach the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you have your own will? Do you have your own will? Yes. yes, you do. You do. You have the power of choice. Do you know he tells you to do some things and you tell him you don't do it, you won't do it. Ah. Even the building fund, when he told you to come and give something, you didn't come. <laughs> yeah, I say you don't have your own will. You don't have what? You have your power of choice. <laughs> so you have your power of choice. Jesus, just like you and I, had the power of choice. Are you getting the point? So it's not like it was automatic. He chose to do right. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. He had his own will. Look at it. Look at it. Look at the prayer he prayed. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed this prayer. Look at the prayer. He says what? Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So, he said, if I want to have my way, I won't take this thing. But what I am doing right now is that I am asking you that if this is what you want me to do, I shared my way to have your way. Are you getting it? So it's not like he did not have his way. He did, but he chose that the father will have his way.
Do you know why he did that? He had you in mind. Oh, praise God. He did that because of you. Say, because of me. Wow. You see, when you are able to get this very well, get this. When you're able to get this very well, then you will know that the blood Jesus shed was not cheap. Because if you're not careful, and you just think he is God, so he came as God. No! Then you say, he walked like a superman. Uh-huh. You know, and then he did the job. Do you know that at that point, they chased him, and he had to flee? Because he came as a man. Look at the next, look at the next scripture. Jesus calls himself a man. John chapter 8, 39 to 40. Let's all read it. Go. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works. Of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. So they sought to kill him. And if they had laid hands on him, he would have died. Are you getting the point? They sought to kill him. He himself knew he was a man because he had an assignment. For you. Say, I am blessed. Go to the next. Jesus grew and developed both physically and spiritually. So Jesus was just like you. If you read the Apocrypha, they, they wanted to, to paint Jesus as a super child. Right from the beginning. So, he said, hey, Jesus was there, no, with the mother, no, then Jesus, he would be playing with the children, then he, he, would, hey, he would do some magic. <laughs> but the word of God makes you know that Jesus grew up just like every ordinary child did. Oh, praise the Lord. Are you getting the point? Yeah, so you don't have a kind of a superficial concept of Jesus. He grew and developed both physically and spiritually. Let's all read the scripture. It says, Luke 2, 52 it said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. So he was seeking favor from the Father just like you and I would have done. But thank God we have favor because of him. Oh, praise God. And he increased in wisdom and stature. Stature. So Jesus, I'm sure, had some biceps. Are you getting a point? Yeah. Only in his time, they were not taking metals. Sure. <laughs> Let's go to the next. Jesus had to fight. And obey to be saved from sin and death. 
Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. Let's already go. Who in the days of his, his flesh means in the days of, the days when he was what? A man. Thank you. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death, and was a head because of his godly fear, though he was a son. I love this part. Yet, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience. So Jesus' mother taught Jesus, hey, don't go there. Fire will burn you. He learned obedience. Are you getting the point? Yes. He learned through the experiences of life. He was taught like every child was taught to do the right thing. Train up a child the way. He, Jesus was like that. He learned obedience. He was trained. He allowed himself to be trained. Hey, God is good. I don't know what concept of God you have been giving. But I'm giving you the right concept of God. If this God could go through all of this, his own nature would teach him what to do. You don't get it. His own creator would tell him, don't play here. He'll be submissive. Yes, mama. What? So he can redeem you. Next. Jesus was, Jesus was made like his, his brethren. Read this. Go. I love this scripture. I want you to pay attention to it. You really love it. Go. Inasmuch then as the children have partaking of flesh and blood, he himself likewise Shared in, hello, are you getting the understanding? Okay. That what? Oh, Jesus. Read, read it again. Maybe you didn't understand. No, no, don't worry. We'll come to. Let's go back. Go. In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Go. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, 
But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Listen. I'm reading the living Bible version. Watch this. If you have it, you can also key into it. Do you have the living Bible? You don't have it. He says, since we, God's children, are human beings, made of flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood too. By being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die. And in dying break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in that way could he deliver those who through fear of death have been living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. We all know he did not come as an angel, but as a human being. Yes, a Jew. So for those who say Jesus is British, the whites are using Jesus against us. I wonder. I, I wonder. When I hear some of those things, they are like fairy tales to me. He said Jesus is what? A Jew. He said, yes, a Jew. And it was necessary for Jesus to be like us, his brothers, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest to God in dealing with the sins of the people. For what it is like when we suffer and are tempted and he is wonderfully able to help us. Praise God. Somebody say, this is our conviction. And tell them, this is our motivation. Hallelujah. I pray that you know the man Jesus. So you can know the extent to which he went for you and I. As God, who became a man. Hallelujah. All right. So let's look at the message. Let's look at the message. God's way is Christ. He did all the work. Is that right? Is that right? So the message is not about you. The message is about, about Christ. So please note this. He is the man. When you say you are the man, you understand it. When somebody says you are the man, it means that you are the center of what? Attraction. The spotlight is on you. Okay. So, the spotlight is on Jesus. He is the man. So, you talk about him and what he did. Praise God. Are you hearing me? Talk about him and what he did. So, let's look at the message. As for 
11 to 12. Let's already go. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, the center of attention. Are you getting the point? Okay. Nor, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name and the heaven giving among men by which we must be saved. Oh, praise the Lord. So Jesus is the cornerstone. The only name given among men by which we can be saved. No other name. Alright. Give me the next. Paul told this church, and you're going to read it, that if anybody was going to be saved, reconciled to God, it must be through Christ. He's the only one who can renew our relationship with God the Father. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 14. All of us should read it together. Go. Are we insane to say things about ourselves? If so, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Whatever we do, it is certainly not for our own profit, but because Christ's love controls us now. Pause and think about this. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, wonderful, beautiful, what I'm doing now, I'm preaching. Am I preaching under the control of God's love? Whatever you are doing, is it under the influence of the love for which he has loved you? Or for your own profit? For your own pride? For some of us, if we are praying right now, everybody hears us praying, in our minds we want to pray so that everybody will know that we pray more than them. It doesn't yield anything. Christ's love controls us now. May Christ's love control your every action. Continue. Since we believe that Christ died for all of us, we should also believe that we have died to the old life we used to live. He died for all so that all who live, having received eternal life from him, might no longer for themselves to please themselves, but to spend their lives pleasing Christ who died and rose again for them. Oh, hallelujah. Continue to what it says. 16. So, so do what? So do what? Stop evaluating Christians, yes. By what the world thinks about them. And by what they seem to be like on the outside. Ooh. 
Oh, Jesus. Is it getting in? Your life is not about good and bad. Your life is about what Christ has made you. So the world doesn't judge you about good and bad. Because you don't have the nature that they have. You have been made the nature of righteousness in Christ Jesus. Are you understanding the point? So they don't judge you by the things they see around you. The one who judges all things has brought you into favor with himself. So the point is, you are not doing it for them to judge you. You are doing it for him to be pleased. Are you here with me? Your focus is him. What he has made you, you are living it so that he sees his son, daughter, and says, wow, I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my son. Look at what I've made him. He knows what I've made him. He knows I've empowered, equipped him to live in a certain way. And he's living for it. But the world cannot by any way judge you because they themselves already are condemned. Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, he said, how can the unbeliever Judge the righteous. It's not possible. Praise the Lord. Oh my God. Look at it. Look at Apostle Paul. He's saying, he's speaking his mind. What he thought some time back. The, the knowledge he had some time back. And now he's changed his mind. He's, he's repented. Anytime you hear the word repentance, it's change of mind. He said, he said once what? I mistakenly what? <clears throat> Thought of Christ that way. Merely as a human being. How differently I feel. Are you getting the point? Do you know what he's doing? He's referring to himself. I saw Christ as a mere human being. And if Christ has made me like himself, then I'm also a mere human being. But since I saw Christ in the light of what God had made him for me, I begin to see myself like Christ who is God? I now live in the God class. I now live not as a mere human being. I live like Christ. I feel so differently now. I'm not just a normal human being. I am a supernatural human being. 
Oh, praise God. Look at the next. Look at, look at the explanation he's giving. Everybody, give it your rapt attention. Go. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person. Where? 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 When we were um, uh, young, we were singing the song, Something good. Something good. Just praising the Lord. And then something marvelous. And says something on the east side. Is what? It's, it's good. Something on the inside is. Yeah. Some of you got born again <laughs> just two days ago. You don't know what we are talking about. <laughs> hey, Alex. He said, he is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. All these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. Are you getting the point? So you see why he's saying, I now feel very differently. Because first I was considering the outside rather than what has been done on the Oh, praise God. Because the workings are on the inside. Praise God. And very soon it's going to reflect on the outside. So don't judge me by what you see out. Because there's a work going on on the in. And very soon you are going to see it and see it good. Hallelujah. I feel so differently now. A new life has begun. All this. Give me the next. And so by that, he says what? God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his. So you see, what, when we go, the message is that we are going to bring them into God's favor. Are you getting the point? That's, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And, 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 and when you tell them and they get to understand where they are now and where you are bringing them, it's a cool place. You see, we scare them. And when we scare them, they don't want to be where they will be scared. Who doesn't like freedom? Continue. Go. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself. No longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell. 
please, what is the message? For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself. He is no longer counting your sin, my brother, against you, but blotting them out. This is what Christ has done for you. Christ is saying that the moment you receive him, you identify with him. Oh, God has now taken over. Your sin is no more your sin. When you sin, he will not count it against you. He has already punished Christ for your sin. So he doesn't consider your sin. Oh, hello? My brother, my sister, do you know that's what you are enjoying? Wait. Wait. So, let me, let me show you the fact. Let me show you the fact. You have not considered the fact. The fact of the matter is that nobody's sin is supposed to go against them. Hello? I'm speaking heresy. Read what it says. Go. For God was in Christ. Restoring the world to himself. No longer what? Counting men's sins against them. But blotting them out. So what it means is that if everybody receives Jesus Christ now, nobody's sin will be counted against them. Because he has already made provision for every humankind and every sin that will be sin. All he is waiting for is that we will go and tell them and they will change their mind. And they will receive him. And the day, the moment, the second, the microsecond they receive him, from that time, their sin will not be counted against them again. And from that day, heaven is their home. Hey. Now, so you see why he said, this is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. It's a wonderful message. This is what you call the good news. This is what you call the gospel. That my brother, your sins, will no more be counted against you. God became man. He went through all the processes to leave you an inheritance. And that inheritance is that the moment you receive him, every punishment and penalty he received of sin has been accrued to you. 
And so your account has been reconciled. <laughs> this is the wonderful message. Do you know that there are most of you here as believers that you keep counting your sin against yourself? So you yourself don't know what you are enjoying. More so to go and tell somebody this is what they will enjoy. So some of you, you can't forgive yourself for something you did. And you said, I'm waiting to be punished. Yes. The devil has actually taken over. And he has given you what you call what I call sin consciousness. You know, there are many believers like that. Sin consciousness, guilt consciousness. They are always thinking about sin. They are always thinking about guilt. And they are walking in guilt. Condemnation. There are people in church, as I'm speaking right now, they feel condemned. They can't pray. It is one of the reasons why most of us can't go and share this good news. Because for us, it is a fairy tale. Oh, are you here? Yes. It's a fairy tale. This idea way. Hey. Na na. Me bonnie. This is my sin. Hey. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. Don't think about the love of God like you think about the love of men. That is where we talk about amazing grace. You see, <laughs> when you're singing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Was blind. Give me the second stanza. Was grace that taught my heart to feel. Listen, and grace my fears relieved. How precious! How precious did. That grace happy the hour <laughs> I first next believe though through many needing 
just toil and snares. I have already His grace has brought me safe thus far. And grace The journey began with grace. It will end with grace. If you have a part to play in this, then it is not salvation. Then it is workvation. Because nobody saves themselves. This grace that started with you, the same grace keeps you on. The same grace will take you home. Praise God. If it is by your works, then it is not grace. And if it is by grace, then it is not by works. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you want to rely on your works, forget about grace. And if you want to rely on grace, forget about your works. The two don't go together. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is the reason why most Christians are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. We cannot solely rely on the grace of God. Are you here with me? Let me give you the last scripture and then I'll close. Colossians 1, 20 to 23. Let's all read it. Go. It was through what his son did that God cleared a path for everything to come to him, all things in heaven and on earth. For Christ's death on the cross had made, has made peace with God for, 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 for believers. For what believers have done is they have taken advantage. But the provision has already been made for. So that's why believers must go to tell that something has been done for. Are you getting it? <laughs> an inheritance has been left for them. And they are working like people who don't have an inheritance. Are you getting the point? Yes. So come. You have your share in this booty. Come and let's all enjoy this together. Let's all read. Go. 
This includes you. Who were once where? So far away from God. You were his enemies and hated him and were separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has brought you back. Praise the Lord. Look at the 22. Go. He has done this through the death on the cross of his own human body. And now, as a result, Christ has brought you into the very presence of God. And you are standing there before him with... Nothing left that he could even... <laughs> 23, 23, 23, go. What is the only condition? Fully believe the truth. Standing in it steadfast and firm. Strong in the Lord. Convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you and never shifting from trusting him to save. Is the only condition you shifting from the fact of what has been done for you and decide you want to pay for it for yourself. This is the wonderful news that came to each of you and is now spreading all over the world. And I, Paul, have the joy of telling it to others. Anybody, any pastor, any bishop, any pope, whoever tells you that God has something against you is a lie. They put it there. It is not in the good news. He said, you are standing in the presence of God. And that is where you are. And he said that he has nothing against nothing. The only thing, the only condition is that you in your heart and in your spirit know that this has been done forever. And you don't shift from trusting that it was done. So, when we talk about faith, most of you have taken faith to be believing God for a car. You see, believing God for a house. Then you say, I have faith. Then the unbelievers have faith more than you do. Oh, Jesus. Your faith is Holding on to this truth that Jesus has set me free and forever I can never be in bondage. Your mind is set on it. Do you know spiritual warfare? And most of you say, I am doing spiritual warfare. This is the warfare the believer does. 
in Ephesians chapter 6. And it talks about the shield of faith. The belt of truth. The sword on your feet. Of the good news. What it means is that you are keeping all of this. There and then. Firm. That my belief is so strong. Hey, he has forgiven me. I'm forgiving. He has given me the good news. I walk in it. I have the belt of truth that Jesus died for me. And I am free. I have the blessed breastplate of righteousness. In other words, I am the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I don't shift from it. I am in it. The devil can take me away. I'm free from demons. I'm free from principalities. I'm free from powers. That is your spiritual warfare. When you shift from that, then you put yourself into a place of attack and condemnation. That's it. That's it. That's why he says, if they say somebody has fallen from grace, it is not because they did some sin. It's because they moved away from the faith in the death of Christ Jesus. And they begin to live by law. Then they have fallen from grace. Fight the good fight of faith. What does he mean by that? He says, keep focus on what Christ has done for you. Don't shift from it. When you do that, you are fighting the good fight of faith. Be bold. Go and tell the world. Jesus has set them free. And don't go and put them in bondage. You are not coming to church. And I asked, why are you not coming to church? He said, oh, these days I don't feel like coming. Then I tell you, if you don't come, God will punish you. It's a lie. How can God punish the one Christ has paid for? It's a lie. But I'll tell you that if you do that, you will leave your mind to doubt. You will feed on so many other things that will choke your faith. In believing what he has done. Anytime you come here, we refocus your heart and your mind and fix it on what he has done. So you will keep the faith. That is what church does. And then you go out and you make disciples for him. of these kinds of things we do they are manipulations it is not a truth Christ sets people free and we put them back in bondage we have made church a place of bondage
instead of a place of freedom and liberty. May you walk in that freedom. May you walk in that liberty. May the joy of the Lord never leave you. The wonderful news go out of your lips to the whole world and tell them what Jesus has done. Amen. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living Heaven on Earth <laughs>